Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we've got a big story here. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is a bipartisan bill that they're trying to push through that would give all of the illegal immigrants that are coming across the border access to the military. Or it'd be better said, it would give them a path to citizenship as long as they join the military. So let's go over a few stories here. Actually, I want to go back to 2021 and then go over what is happening more recently because even a lot of these Republican uh, politicians are coming out and say, oh, well, this is just a great idea. We have no one signing up for the military. Our military is short-staffed. I wonder why that is. Anyway, yeah, we'll get back to 2021 on that one. So this is just a no-brainer. We have all these people that are coming in from Venezuela, that are coming in from China, from all these countries to just absolutely love us. So let's just go ahead and put them in the military. I mean, this just makes sense. What could possibly go wrong? Or what could the true intentions be of the people who are actually pulling the strings here on this one? So let's go into, actually, before we get into the story, I want to go back to 2021 and remind everyone about the mandate. I think you guys will remember this well. Remember when they said, oh, all of you military guys and gals, you're going to go ahead and, and you're going to have to take the medicine. It doesn't matter if you don't want it. Now, a lot of people say, oh, George, this is just nonsense. There's a lot of these medicine mandates they have for the military. Right. But how many of those medicine mandates were, well, I was going to say safe and effective, but I probably shouldn't use those words. How many of the current or prior mandates were for medicines that had an actual benefit. When you look at the costs and, and the and the benefits on net balance, there was a positive, right? So I don't want to go all the way back to all the stories I was doing in 2021 on this, but for young people, military age people, healthy people, the costs or the risks far outweighed any perceived benefit from this. So that's why this isn't applicable. It's a bad argument in my opinion. But let's look at this headline from 2023. 8,000 people. 8,000. And, and let's keep in mind, it's not just 8,000 people were discharged from the military. What would all of these people have in common? Well, they likely would be very independent thinkers. They wouldn't just bow down to authority. Right? They'd be like, wait a minute. Now, th this is actually against my rights, and, and I I'm not going to play this game. And therefore, I'd rather just go ahead and back out now. They would question orders or directives that were coming down from the top. And at the end of the day, I'm sure they their allegiance is to the military in the United States, but even more so, it's to the Constitution. So 8,000 of these like-minded individuals, independent, focusing on the Constitution, are discharged from the U.S. military. And how many of them have returned? Because we have to remember that 10, 11 months after they came out with this uh, mandatory medicine, they backpedaled. Why? Because all the evidence came out and said, oh yeah, we really shouldn't have been doing this in the first place. Well, it's not just all the evidence because it was there from the beginning. It's just the evidence was so in your face that they had no other choice but to back down and they're losing all these people, right? So they said, all right, we'll go ahead and get rid of this, uh, this uh, stipulation. You can go ahead and come back. How many came back? 43. 43 out of 8,000. And look at this. Army 
had 19 comeback. Marines had 12. Air Force had one, one person comeback. And then the Navy had two. So whether this was intentional or not, what they did is they depleted the ranks, the military, of people that might have questioned authority. That's just the bottom line. There, there's, there's no way to really debate that. So now let's fast forward to today. And we see that migrants who serve in the U.S. military can expedite path to citizenship. This is according to a new bill. It's not in effect yet, but it's bipartisan. So let's check this out. New bill introduced by Representative Pat Dillon and John James would offer qualified and vetted and vetted. Come on. Just like you're vetting the migrants that are coming over the border right now. Give me a break. An expedited path to citizenship that they serve in the military. The bill called the Courage to Serve Act would create a pilot program. I wish I got an ad. Good job, Fox News. Just go ahead and put an ad that is you cannot get rid of over the article. All right, so I guess we can't read that part. According to Ryan, the military services collectively missed recruiting goals by 41,000 last year. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because all these people that are considering joining the military look at how the military treated their own back in 2021 and said, yeah, no, I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and take a pass on that. So they're leaving some crucial positions unfilled. So crucial positions unfilled. And they're saying, let's just go ahead and fill these crucial positions with people who aren't even United States citizens and people who don't even speak English. Now you may say, oh, George, well, that's completely racist. What are you talking about? It's it, English. What, what, you need to get off your high horse. There's several languages out there that are just as good as English. Oh, yeah, fine. But how efficiently is your military going to run if people aren't speaking the same language? That's the point, right? What are you just going to teach these people English in a couple weeks? Just have them fire right in? I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable. And then what I'd also like to point out are some insights that I have from living outside of the United States. More specifically, spending so much time in Colombia, in Medellin, Colombia. And I can tell, I've got friends, I've got people that work for me, I've got people that I know extremely, extremely well. Uh, a lot, many of them have never even been to the United States. And I can tell you that there is a massive cultural difference, a massive cultural difference. And you say, oh, George, well, that doesn't really matter because they all go through this military training program. Uh, you don't understand what I'm talking about here. First of all, there is no Second Amendment in, in Venezuela, as an example, right? So there's no First Amendment. There's no Second Amendment. That, that is a, a, a foreign concept, no pun intended, to these people that are coming in. So you, you've got to put yourself in a position of someone that goes into a brand new country that has rules that make no sense to them. And then think about those people taking orders that conflict with those rules that are outlined in the Constitution that they don't even understand to begin with. How much more likely are they going to be to carry out those orders? You see, let's, let's use another example. Say that you migrated or immigrated to Nigeria. Right? Do you know Nigeria's history? Do you know understand their laws? Do you know, understand... You know, their culture, what, what they prioritize, who's bad, who's good. 
No, you have no idea. You have absolutely no clue. You just crossed the border a month ago. You don't know any of this stuff. So then they come to you and say, well, we're going to put you in the military. We're going to give you citizenship. You say, fantastic, because I, I can't work any other way. I don't speak English or I don't speak whatever language they speak there. And therefore, this, this is my only option, quite literally my only option. And then they say to you, okay, here's a gun, here's a vest, here's a helmet. Now, I want you to go round up all those people out there that just attacked our Capitol building. And you say, what, what? They, they attacked the Capitol building? Yes, yes, yes. There, there was an uh, um, insurgents, that they're calling it. Yes, they, back in January 6th, all of these people out there, these basically domestic traders, they tried to take down our democracy and you need to go round them up and put them in a cage. And you'd say to yourself, uh, okay, yeah, absolutely. We, we can't have these types of people out running around. These people that have no respect for the law. These people that have no respect for democracy. We, we've got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I mean, if it comes down to it, you, you got to pull the trigger. If they don't want to come in peacefully, well, you got to do what you got to do. You got to take them out because they are such a threat to our way of life. You see, if you were in Nigeria for the first time, you, you wouldn't know the difference as an American. You would think that those people that were giving you the orders were telling you would have no context, right? So you think that a Ven you see where I'm going with this. You think that some guy that just crossed the river, come over, you give him a machine gun, and a helmet and a vest, some camouflage gear, you put them in a tank or something like that and tell them to go round up all those people from January 6th, that he's not going to do that? You think he's going to have the wherewithal, the understanding of how things went down, why that happened? Maybe that there's people there that might be innocent. Maybe not. I'll let you come to your own conclusions on that one. But you see how it's complicated. There really isn't a good guy and a bad guy. But the person coming in they don't understand that. And then you say, look, all of these Americans are out there in Texas and they've got guns, guns for heaven's sakes. No, all you migrants that just joined the military. No, no, look, we need to put you in Humvees and we need to send you out to Texas ASAP to round up all of these people that are posing a threat to the United States government. They're posing a threat to the military. They're posing a threat to the police force. And the migrants say, well, why? They have guns. You can't run around with guns. And the migrants would look at them. You know what they'd say? They'd say, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. That makes sense. Nobody has guns in Venezuela. You, you can't carry around a gun in Colombia. You, you, you can't do it. So what I'm saying is that when these people go to the United States, and if you were to tell them, if an authority figure in the military were to tell them that they've got to round up all these dangerous criminals out there that have guns, they wouldn't sit there and say, oh, what? Well, what about the Constitution? They would have no concept of that. To them, that makes sense. If there's some guy in Texas that, that has a gun in his back window of his pickup truck, well, that guy needs to be in jail. To a Venezuelan, that makes sense. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, 
Real Estate, and Brent Johnson with Macroeconomics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. But that's not all. Let's also keep in mind that it's very similar to uh, someone in California leaving California and going to Texas and them voting the exact same way because they can't even conceptualize the fact that maybe, just maybe, the things that I was voting for in California turned it into a hellhole. Now, like I said, I've got a lot of uh, people that I know here that work for me and uh, that, that fled Venezuela, and I, I interact with a lot of Venezuelans here in the United States. And I can tell you that, that not, 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 not all of them by any stretch of the imagination, but I can tell you that a, a lot of them don't connect the problems that they had in Venezuela with socialism. They, they just, because if you look at the, the media in Venezuela, well, look, socialism didn't cause hyperinflation. It was the, it was the U.S., it was the neoliberals. It was the capitalists, that the, the Milton Friedman types. They're the ones that caused the hyperinflation. And I just didn't have a choice. I had to leave because it was getting so bad. And therefore, I came to Colombia. I came to Medellin. A lot of them have that mindset. So if they go into the United States, if they are in the military, and if they got an order to say, hey, we need to take all of these capitalists and they need to be in jail because they are a danger to society. To an American, that sounds outrageous to someone that grew up in America. But to someone that didn't grow up in America, that actually makes sense to some people. This is what we need to understand. I'm just looking at my notes here. And lastly, like we said earlier, you have to put yourself in their position that they are highly incentivized. Even if they had an order that didn't make sense to them, they're highly incentivized to do whatever it is that they're asked to do. Why? Because they don't have a choice. The other choice is you don't get citizenship and you go back to Venezuela. And remember, you have no money, you have no housing, you have no food. And as a further motivation, a lot, and most of you don't even know this, but a lot of the Venezuelans that are in the United States right now, a lot of them living in New York, I can assure you, they are not working and sending money back to Venezuela like everyone thinks. It's actually the opposite. Out of every single uh, person that I know that knows someone that went across the border and is in the United States right now, 90% of those people are receiving money from their relatives in Venezuela. So think about that. If you're a military age guy, let's say you're 25, 30 years old or something like that. And your mom, your mom, you come to the United States to try to make a better life for yourself and your family. So you can send money to back to your wife and kids or mom or whatever it is, your ailing parents in Venezuela. And you're so destitute that they are sending money to you. They're supporting you. 
Think about how that would make you feel. You would do anything, anything to make sure that they didn't have to do that moving forward. Or ideally, you could reverse it and send money back to them. So if you're in the military and you know this is, unless you go round up all those people in Texas with guns, or unless you go round up all those people that refuse to get the medicine, unless you go round up all of those truckers that are protesting New York right now, unless you go round up or help Canadians round up all those truckers that were protesting in the Capitol, unless you round up all of these people, not only do you go right back to Venezuela, that, that's if you're lucky, but you stay here and you have to live off your parents. You see, that, that's, there is no option. You have to follow orders, you see? So a lot of uh, the people... I noticed, well, they're bringing in all of these new recruits to the military so we can start World War III with Russia, with whoever, Saudi Arabia, Iran. Maybe, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know definitively what's going on. I can't get in the minds of these people. But to me, it makes a lot more sense that they got rid of all of the true patriots or as many as they could out of the military. I'm not going to say all, of course. There's several. uh, I, I would argue the majority of the military is still true patriots. But they eliminated all the people that would stand up for what they believed in, or all the dissidents, let's say. And then they're bringing in people that will literally, that are incentivized to do whatever you want them to do, regardless of how that opposes the Constitution. They don't even know the Constitution. To to them, gun rights, it makes no sense. Freedom of speech, that makes no sense whatsoever. And then you're able to manipulate them because they don't know right from wrong to round up all the people that the government doesn't like. That's the bottom line. So my base case isn't that they're bringing in all, they got rid of all the 8,000 people back in 2021 and they're bringing in all of these new people that are basically like robots. It's, it's not so that we can go fight Russia. It's so that we can go fight fellow Americans. Because if you had Americans in that role, and you tell them to go round up all the people on January 6th, they're going to go, yeah, no, I don't think so. Or, hey, you need to go round up all those Texans because we can't allow people to run around here with guns. Someone born in America would say, yeah, no, I don't think so. It's called the, the, the Second Amendment, my friend. No, uh, homie, don't play that. Moving forward, how about climate lockdowns? We, we've, got, we've got Juan Pablo. We, we've got Jaime. We've got all these people there. Don't even speak English. They don't understand the culture. And they're like, look, we're locking down for, for clean air. We've got to save Mother Earth. Remember what Maduro told you back in Venezuela? It's all coming true right now. So we've got to lock everyone in a cage. And we need you, the military, to make sure that you enforce this. Now, I want to point out that I was in Colombia during the Cerveza sickness when it started. And I don't know what it was like in the United States. But what I can tell you is there was a curfew here in Colombia, in Medellin. I remember like it was yesterday. And every single night, I think it was at maybe 7 o'clock or something like that, um, everyone would have to be in their house. And you could barely leave during the day. But you had to be indoors. And they, they wouldn't monitor this just with the police or some security guard. No, they would monitor this with the military. There were military vehicles driving up and down the streets with their, with the, uh, like the police lights that are shining in the windows and doing all these things, making sure that nobody was outside. And they're on the loudspeaker basically announcing, get in your house, get in your house. You're not allowed outside. You're not outside, allowed outside. 
you know, these military vehicles and whatnot. So my point is that if you're coming from South America to, to use military force to lock people in a cage that again, that that's standard operating procedure. Like to you, that makes sense. Well, I, I saw everyone do it during Cerveza sickness. That's what my government did to me. So why wouldn't the American government use the exact same tactics that my government used back in 2020? Now, let's just assume for a moment that these politicians have good intentions. I, I don't know them. I, I can't get in their head. I, I don't know if they're disciples of Klaus or just useful idiots or whatever they are. But, but the bottom line is in a way it doesn't matter because if this goes through, what you're doing is you're setting up the foundation for complete tyranny. Even if you don't utilize it, the next person will. It's the exact same slippery slope that we were talking about with the mandates and everything with the Cerveza sickness. Even if the current administration or the current politicians, even if they are benevolent and their priorities are what's best for society at large, you're going to get a guy in there who is a dictator. You're going to get a guy in there that's a megalomaniac. And you're just going to hand him American society on a silver tray. You're just going to hand this to him. Say, hey, look, look at all this power. Look, the military, they'll do whatever you want them to do. You don't like someone? You don't like uh, one of your fellow Americans? No, no, no. Innocent till proven guilty? What? No, 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 no. That's antiquated. It's guilty till proven innocent. Just anyone you don't like, just stick the military on them. We've already set things up so you can pull the trigger whenever you want. We're just giving you this type of power. You see, that's the problem here. And I cannot even comprehend how these politicians can be so stupid to not understand the potential unintended consequences of what they're doing, assuming their intentions are good. This is, and again, I have no proof of this. This is just a complete theory. It's a hypothesis. But my view is the the, the biggest risk here is not that we're building up a military to fight Russia. It's that we're building up a military to fight Americans. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.